and welcome to Rebel Hearts, a podcast dedicated to women in the music industry and the challenges that they face. Each episode features songs by your new favorite band and where you can find them. Come on, the show is starting. I'll see you guys at the front. guys and welcome back to rebel hearts this is episode 32 and sorry it's been a while since i've recorded i was trying to gather my thoughts and actually trying to get pat to in the span of me and pat trying to plan an episode i've had like eight different ideas for what we were going to talk about i wanted to get him on at the end of december to talk about the wrap-up of uh, 2017 and records and all sorts of things and we just never found the time to hang out because we can literally only record on mondays because it's the only time our schedules actually link up but Hopefully in the future that doesn't, you know, become a problem. Anyway, so we're recording this on Monday the 29th. The Grammys were last night and Pat watched the Grammys. I did not. I was on Twitter after I saw Call Me By Your Name. Amazing movie. And uh, uh, what do you call it? And so he and I were hanging out. I was asking him what he wanted to talk about because I lost track of all the ideas that I wanted to actually do. So we're actually going to go with the Grammys. We're kind of going to touch on the Oscars and the Me Too movement. And we're just going to flow with the conversation. I don't really have a plan for the episode, but me and Pat were just talking and kind of spiraling with a bunch of ideas. So we're going to start with the Grammys. All right. So I actually didn't catch all of the Grammys. I um, was at work for the beginning. So I missed like the red carpet and the fashion. And, but I was able to get home before they ended. I got home like 9.30-ish, so I was able to catch like the tail end of it. And I don't know, you know, there's been, there's been rumors, there's been talk that the Grammys have kind of been going downhill, you know, every, like every year. They're kind of losing their prestige and people aren't just, aren't taking them as seriously anymore because they, we keep rewarding, well, maybe not we, but they (laughs) yeah the academy they keep giving awards to you know these mediocre albums and they kind of are emphasizing sales and like awareness more than actual artistic integrity which kind of for me defeats the purpose of an award show altogether you know what do you think oh my god i'm just (laughs) i have the winners in front of me right now like i said i i didn't watch it but um after I came back from the movies, I saw Twitter blowing up with um, Kesha's performance and everything. Uh, the Sony tweet actually got everybody's attention because Sony, you know, the record label that Kesha was on, they tweeted out her performance and said, uh, no words, utterly moved or something like that. So I said, yeah, you had no words when you, you know, didn't do anything to defend her against her attacker and made her work with him in a contract yeah. for like years to come and the that whole was, lawsuit thing. Like, I don't know if that was just in bad taste or they're like intentionally taking a jab at her, but like either Stupid. way, very fucked up. Like absolutely fucked up. And uh, Pat and I were talking about the winners and everything. And when the Grammy nomination list came out, um, a lot of people were upset that Paramore was not on the list because a lot of people put hard times up and told you so and after laughter as record of the year. And I tried explaining to the Internet, which didn't never works out and it didn't work out this time, that after laughter was not a Grammy award winning or Grammy nominated 
um, record. And it's just because of the Academy. And I try explaining the things that the Academy has been looking for. And like looking at these winners right now, I don't know if you're looking at this too, but the winners yeah. alone is just like heavy hitters on the radio. Like you went nowhere without hearing. That's what I like by Bruno Mars. You I went know. nowhere without hearing it. But yeah, but most places I went where I heard it were like TGI Fridays and Applebee's or like Dave and Buster's. Like, is that what we're giving awards to now? Like, I don't know. It's, it, well, I don't even know what they're judging on. Like, for me, I was saying before, like, listen, I never, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Bruno, but that doesn't mean I don't like him, like, as a person. I just, like, don't, I'm not really into his music that much. But for me, if you are releasing songs that have, like, the same tempo, same rhythm, same pretty much, I don't know, same lyric like lyrical theme and just like just recycling these songs and putting them on an album and then they're giving you one of the most so-called prestigious awards in the music industry i don't i don't understand it like aren't we supposed to like award innovation and progress which you know it's nice to see that they actually instead of the women and the people in the music industry they kind of did see the Grammys as an opportunity for progress, whether it had to do with their music or not, but they saw it as like a platform, which, you know, the Grammys were worth watching mainly just for that. But I don't know the winners. Uh, it's like, what is happening with yeah. these winners? Okay. First of all, that song feel it still by Portugal. The man is pretty much the song that they probably play in hell along with the blend on Sirius XM radio. Um, no disrespect to Portugal, the man, but that song is literally so uh, I don't know what it is about it but it it leaves me in a trance and not in a good way um I didn't know that one and that kind of makes me upset because that song played every single day of my life multiple times like whenever I was trying to listen for like the new Paris song or iHeartRadio was doing this contest for Paramore to win tickets to see this um to see tour two in Philly so every time I would listen like five minutes up until they gave like the secret code that song came on so, like, I'm traumatized from hearing that song, like, every single day for, like, two weeks. Um, so, I didn't yeah. know Feel It, Feel it Still won. So, a little upset about that. Uh, you didn't tell me that. So, I feel kind of blindsided. <laughs> I didn't even. But, like, look at look at who they were up against. Something like something just like this by the Chainsmokers and Coldplay. I don't like that song. I don't like the superhero references. I think it's, you know, <sighs> I think it's a little played out. Despacito, I'm not even going to touch on, like, no, we're not even going there. Thunder by Imagine Dragons. I don't really like that song either. I think that Imagine Dragons are an incredible band. And I think that they've done so many other things that are worthy of a Grammy nomination. But Thunder isn't really that great in comparison to their other songs. Mm -hmm. And Stay by Zed and Alessia Cara. I don't really like that song either. So I guess Feel It Still didn't was the best. Didn't Zed already, already make a song with the word Stay in it? with somebody else <laughs> you mean Haley williams's song yeah i think so <laughs> the, the the only paramore song that anybody knows <laughs> um uh, alessia cara did take home a grammy last night if i'm not mistaken do you remember off the top of your head what she, she took home? home best new artist which you know i actually very i very much like her i um that song here is a jam oh, I love where here. The, yeah where the wild things are is a jam um i think that she is I think, you know, I think she deserves it. I think that she kind of is moving in the direction of, she's like kind of like the future of mu music as we see it now. And I think she like encompasses it very well and kind of manifests oh, there it. She is. But I just have to say, 
if you're going to how you how you choose somebody else over SZA like that SZA she she did the damn thing she she broke records this year with nominations and she didn't win like any of them I don't even know if she won a single one I think she was nominated for seven yeah but what an what an incredible album especially your first album and she did that she did the damn thing man oh yeah I don't know the winners this year are basically the playlist at a bar mitzvah you know they're not great <laughs> well we're gonna hold on wait but before we get off of where we heard the winners being power talking about uh bruno mars because like i said over and over again i did not watch the grammys so That's... everything that i knew about the grammys up until recording this was because pat told me in the car oh my god yeah it's bruno gate <laughs> it's fucking it's Oh, God. Me me and Pat are very divided on Bruno Mars because I even tweeted that he deserved to win Record of the Year. But look, okay, give me that because look at who was nominated for Record of the Year. Childish Gambino, which, okay, we Mm. all love Childish Gambino. Despacito. It's baby baby making music. (laughs) Uh, Despacito. Again, we're not going to talk about Despacito. The Story of OJ by Jay-Z. Me and Pat both are not really Jay-Z music fans, to be honest. Humble by Kendrick Lamar. You were talking about how you loved it. So you kind of feel robbed on that. Well, Kendrick is always one of those artists that puts his entire being into his work. And when he releases something, you know, it it changes it changes people's thoughts like i don't know he it's political it's politically charged and i don't know i just feel like it's almost an insult to not acknowledge kendrick's contribution i don't know he but whatever <laughs> 24 karat magic though yeah you know <sighs> it bothers me that it was that song because bruno has put out a lot of great songs over the mm-hmm. years and i don't think 24 karat magic was that great However, I've always heard that that song, since it came out, was getting all sorts of attention and awards and everything, and everybody kept talking about it. And I don't, I don't like that song. As far as Bruno's music goes, that's like one of my least favorite Bruno Mars songs. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's just there's nothing. It's so lackluster compared to his entire catalog. Yeah, I like. I like. That's what I like. That that's a. I like that song. I mean, they've played it half to death, and now I don't really love it as much, but. I like that song so much more than 24 Karat Magic. Granted, it did win Song of the Year, which we don't I, I don't understand the difference between Record of the Year, Album of the Year, and Song of the Year. I think it's just another category just to say the same song. thing. Oh, well, I think somebody was saying that like Record of the Year goes to the singer and Song of the Year goes to producers and writers. Oh, right, because look at this, because yeah. it, you see everybody that worked on the song. Yeah, it gets the entire listing and like production team, but then Record of the Year just belongs to whoever sang the song. Um, well, we were going to talk about Lord too because everybody oh, feels that Lord was robbed. Like, I, I the biggest robbery is it too soon for this? Since Kim no. Kardashian got robbed, <laughs> no, I'm that sorry. was like last year. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so this might be it. Might I might be very biased with this, but melodrama. You know, from the first from the first time I listened to it, I got goosebumps everywhere. That song, that album, she, it sucks because you want to see these albums that you really like. You want to see these people that you really like be rewarded for all their hard work. And like, you know, she put her uh, so much emotion and like the lyrics and it's poetry and it's the production's incredible. But uh, then again, I'm like, you think 
these it would be nice to see your favorites win, but also I don't need the validation of a Grammy for them, and I'm sure they don't either. It's just again, it's kind of insulting to like put like Kendrick Lamar, Jay Z, and Lord in a category with 24K Magic, which you know these are three albums that like broke ground. Like there, mellow. No one's ever listened to an album like Melodrama before. No one's ever listened to an album like Damn or or 444. Like this is Jay Z's big return, and it's incredible. And then they give it to 24K Ma- Magic, which is kind of just like the shallow, superficial album. <laughs> I agree. Even though I love Bruno, like I. I I just agree. But Pat was also saying that he loved melodrama so much he liked it more than Lust for Life. And if you guys listen to yeah. the Lana Del Rey episodes, you know how much Pat loved Lust Lust for Life. I just I feel like I'll you know, thirty years from now, I'll put on melodrama and it'll take me back to a beautiful time in my life where, you know, I would listen to that album and be with my friends and share great memories and I don't I think it's like one of those albums that you know immediately as it comes out that it's going to be like a timeless album. And it sucks because Lord is the, for me, she's like the future. Like even David Bowie t- said that Lord is the future of music. And she hasn't taken any missteps for me either, you know? Unproblematic fave. Yeah, she's very unproblematic. And I don't know, it's just kind of disappointing because. I was so excited yeah. when I was going back to what I was saying before, when the Grammy knobs uh, came out, uh, everybody was super excited. Like, yeah, everybody was bummed about Paramore, but people were so excited about SZA. People were, I was excited about K-Flay, which I, I don't even know if she was actually nominated anymore because I don't see her anywhere on this list, but I heard K-Flay was nominated. I mean, this list is also super long and I didn't even know that there were this many categories for the Grammys. I just saw La La Land, the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. <laughs> that was a great soundtrack. Yeah. Did that win? It won, yeah. Okay, it, good. Yeah, it took home uh, at least one award, which kind of deserved a lot. Definitely deserved. But anyway, so everybody was super excited about the um, the nominations because Lord was on there, Lana Del Rey was on there, Pat told mm-hmm. me that Lana has been nominated before but hasn't taken one home. Um, uh-huh. But like, Okay, we're going to talk about these two categories because I know Pat has feelings. So, uh, where is it? Best Pop Solo Performance. Here are the nominees. Love So Soft, Kelly Clarkson. Praying, Kesha. Million Reasons, Lady Gaga. What About Us, Pink. Shape of You, Ed Sheeran. If you guys didn't watch the Grammys, guess who won? You have your answer. It was Ed Sheeran, and I tweeted about this yesterday. I tweeted about this yesterday. I have uh. no, I have no issues with Ed Sheeran. I really don't. I don't know. I know what Pat's gonna say, but I have no problems with Ed Sheeran as a person, as a musician, as a writer, like as anything. I Ed Sheeran is unproblematic to me. I have no issues with him. However, and again, this this has nothing to do with him because he doesn't vote for himself, obviously, to win a Grammy. Yeah. So it's all in the Academy and it's all on people that voted for him. If I don't even know if voting for the Grammys is a thing. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, the fact that Shape of You, a song about him being, you know, horny and wanting to sleep with a girl and being in love with the shape of her, um, that one over Praying by Kesha, a song about her surviving her sexual assault, Million Reasons by Lady Gaga that talks about her was, heartbreak. Yeah, traumatic. Breaking up with traumatic. her fiance and going through like, trauma- like this huge traumatic ex- experience. Yeah. And then What About Us by Pink, who is always politically charged in her music. And just that song is just really great because it does say What About Us. I mean, when she performed it at the VMAs, it was really powerful. And then we have Shape of You. Yeah. 
And which Shape of You, by the way, is also samples No Scrubs, which is kind of, it's basically, you know, giving an award to a song that's not even entire, entirely original, which it's not. I'm not saying that sampling songs is a crime or like, you know, it's something that he people shouldn't no do. Yeah, it's just, I think that they sh- might, they should give it to reward somebody who put out original music. And I don't know. I think that this, like the whole pop, best pop solo performance thing, kind of just reinforces this whole Me Too movement because he's going to, yeah, he, this is a category filled with women who experience heartbreak, assault, um, being like having the world turn a blind eye to them when they come, when they come, um, what is it called? Well, even Love So <laughs> when Soft. When they come forward, yeah. Like, look at Love So Soft. Like, Kelly yeah. Clarkson has experienced a lot of, you know, things that she's talked about in her music lately and it's just look just look at all of them like yeah. even the songs alone just you know, right so they yeah and the titles alone look at them exactly so it all it just reinforces the whole movement and yeah they give it to the one guy singing about how he likes the way a woman feels in a category that has four women and one male in it like, are you serious? Are you kidding me? Like, come on. I'm not saying that, you know, you could, it doesn't matter really gender or sex or whoever may, if they make a good song, they make a good song. But I just don't think it was up to the caliber as the, of the other songs, as well as the meaning behind them. Right. Cause look at all four of them. All four of them can fit in the same category together. And then shape of view just makes no sense. Um, yeah. same thing with best pop vocal. Um, the nominees were Kaleidoscope by Coldplay, Lust for Life by Lana Del Rey, Evolve by Imagine, Imagine Dragons, Rainbow by Kesha, and Joanne by Lady Gaga. And then Ed Sheeran again took it home with Divide, which is his new record. And it's just like, I, I know I know you have a lot of feelings because Lana was in the same category, but like, come on. It's, you know, even, even if Lana wasn't in the category. Well, okay, look at the other yeah, nominees then. But yeah, you're going against Lady Gaga who basically brought back vocals, brought, brought singing live back into the spotlight, <laughs> like when people were lip syncing for years. You have Coldplay, who's led by Chris Martin, who's She's an incredible legendary. vocalist. Yeah, And then, of course, you have Lana Del Rey. Like, do I have to say it? And then Kesha, who writes all of her own music as well. And it's, is, uh, you know, she's comeback. a great performer. Yeah, she's a good singer. She's a great performer. And then you have like all of these almost legends in their own right especially like yeah like lady gaga and coldplay like they're already legends those in the are music, giants music industry yeah. and like you li- you can just listen you could sit down and listen to one of their performances or their uh, songs and you can clearly see who has the better vocals and it's just it's weird that they gave it to it you know it just makes no sense too because pat was also t- we were we were both talking about it in the car that like again this is no shade at ed sheeran i, I you know, I don't know if you guys are going to take it that way or anything. We're not shitting on any of the people that won. This is just, you know, opinions. But Ed Sheeran has made the same record three times. Like, I I, I like a lot of Ed Sheeran's music. I, don't is a great song. I really like that song. I like the subtle pettiness. I like the shade in it. I, I, I really like that song. Um, I have both of his records. I didn't buy the new one. But I have both of his records. And, like, I, I don't mind his music. I think it's good. But also... Um, the blend on Sirius XM radio, which is the only thing I've ever heard in my office for the last three years. I've sent them an email. Um, if you guys saw it on Twitter, I still haven't gotten a reply back. Pretty sure that they play the blend in hell. Um, they play 
only new Ed Sheeran, Kelly Clarkson, and like occasional Pink. And it's just like all these Ed Sheeran songs just make me so upset because they sound the same. Shape of You. Oh, well, Galway Girl actually doesn't sound like, you know, Shape of You and Perfect. Like, mm-hmm. I just told Pat, like, I shattered everything that he's ever known because I told him that Beyonce did uh, a little feature in a Perfect remix with Ed Sheeran. And it's just like, I don't know. Like, even Imagine Dragons, like, they've done so much. I mean, this is a band that started out as a Broadway musical band for Spider-Man and then turned out to be this huge thing. And also, I'm a little biased because they did a song in Perks Being Wallflower. Yeah, and in the time to begin, yeah. Well, I don't actually think that was in the soundtrack, I think it was just the trailer. I know, but me and my friends used to open my sky, like my moonroof or whatever, my car, and play that song and <laughs> stick our whole bodies out of it. So, in this moment, we were infinite, yeah. But anyway, so even Imagine Dragons are pretty big in their own right, even though they're not, you know, Coldplay or Kesha or Lady Gaga or even Lana Del Rey, but still in their own right, Imagine and dragons has always made good music and it's not to say that ed sheeran hasn't made good music but like all of his stuff sounds the same in my opinion i know in pat's opinion too what's the deal with the names what is it addition multiply multiply divide yes is he going through all of pemdas when will he end when does he get to parentheses? <laughs> the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell yeah but uh... <laughs> it's just like it's it's hard because, like I said, I don't have anything against this person, and I know it's not his fault that he won. But it's just so frustrating. Like, why are why do we keep doing yeah. this? It's not the people. It's not the artists. They're just making art and doing what they are doing. It's it's the academy. I guess. How many times did Bruno Mars win last night? Too many. What um, the fuck? But hey, Kendrick and Rihanna won, so that's always that's that was probably the highlight. Of my oh, evening. Kendrick won best rap performance. That's cool. Yes, nice. And I think he won, he won best rap, rap song, best rap album, also, which nice. is cool. Well, he actually all all three of these he won. Oh no, fuck, he won all four of these in a row. That's cool. Yeah, I ju- I don't know. I just think that the Grammys have kind of I don't know. I feel like they're just they're not as important as they used to be. I feel like people are really. Like, think about some of your favorite artists and think about some of your favorite bands and ask yourself, have they ever been nominated or won a Grammy? Most likely, no, because I know my favorites haven't either. And it's, yeah, it's become less of, like, a validation thing. It's just more like, why? Like, why give, why why award average music? Why award, I don't know, mediocrity? <laughs> I'm just reading... Um who won for like best soundtrack and everything. La La Land won for best compilation soundtrack for a visual media. Yeah. But like La La Land obviously deserved to win, but like, look at the competition baby driver, which was an incredible movie mm-hmm. and an okay soundtrack. I mean, I'm not really a fan of anything prior to the nineties as far as music goes. Sorry if that seems weird and you guys stop listening to this podcast. Cause I said that, but I just, I me and anything prior to the nineties, just, I don't appreciate the way that other people appreciate it. And I feel like it's not fair to that type of music and genre and era of music that I don't, I don't, I don't half-ass anything when it comes to music. I'm like all in it. So if I can't give it 
100% like, yeah, 80s music is so rad. I just don't even bother because I don't think it's fair to that genre or time period. I don't know why I keep saying genre. 80s music is not a genre. <laughs> but uh, Baby Driver, okay soundtrack. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I'm sorry, guys, but Guardians of the Galaxy did not have that great of a soundtrack. Maybe it's, again, the not liking anything prior to the 90s, but what did you think of that soundtrack? Did you even watch that movie? Which one? Guardians of the Galaxy 2. No. They played it. They play it at my work a lot. <laughs> and I just know it's like, here I am. Oh, yeah. Well, that song's a classic. Yeah, it's a, it's a bunch of classic rock, which, I mean, you can't really go wrong with. but You can't like, go wrong, but it's not for everyone. Like, I'm not a classic rock fan. Yeah, and also it doesn't. It's like it doesn't take a genius to make a playlist, you know, and that's basically what most of these uh, are. I mean, La La Land is all original music. Right. Most, mo- the rest of them are based, except for Moana, which has an incredible soundtrack well, as well. I'm surprised that that was nominated. Oh, La La Land won for best score, too. But like, look at best scores, even weird, like Dunkirk, Games, Game of Thrones, Hidden Figures, Arrival. Like, that's not what I expected for best score. But granted, yeah. La La Land did win. Um Best song written for mi- visual media. Who, uh, how is, what is. How Far I'll Go. It's yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda, the creator or writer of Hamilton. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Okay. And he wrote all of Moana's songs. Which So this yeah. is for Moana? Yeah. That's like, that's kind of um, the title track, I guess, of the movie. See, I never saw Moana. I, I haven't seen the last couple of Pixar and Disney movies just because, um, I mean, I have movie pass now, so I can see whatever I want. But um, it's just finding the time. And also there's so many other things that I've been dying to see that I've just put like the Disney Pixar thing on the back burner until there was something that like I absolutely need to see. Like I know everybody's super stoked about Incredibles 2, but I didn't really like the first one. So I'm not that oh. I'm not that stoked. I, I cared more about um, Monsters University. Monsters University was best. I love a movie. Oh, <laughs> oh. OK. <laughs> I'm surprised that I Don't Want to Live Forever was actually nominated because didn't that song come out, come out like 800, 800 years ago? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, why is <laughs> that on there? They released the last movie. Right? Well, they didn't release one in 2017. They, the, last, the last Fifty Shades movie was in 2016. No? Oh, no, that's... I'm not sure. I haven't seen them since I saw it in theaters with you. <laughs> on Valentine's Day. Oh, my God. We're so cute. Yes. Um, I think that was it for the Grammy noms. Um, yeah, like Pat was saying, even with the uh, what was it? Was it no? It wasn't the Oscars. What was the last award show where Natalie Portman was like an all? Oh, male. the go- the Golden Globes. The Golden Globes. Yeah. All of these award shows just they're going downhill really quick. And me and Pat, were, Pat even said it. He goes, the VMAs are more credible than the Grammys nowadays. At this point, yeah. Like. I, I trust that I trust the APMAs, which is Alternative Press's mu- um, music award show. I trust that more than the Grammys nowadays because the Grammys, mm. I mean, I said it last year too, like the Grammys just awards popular music. And yeah. I, and people have been fighting with me about it because I said that After Laughter wasn't a Grammy nominated record. And it's like, I have heard hard times on the radio twice, maybe three times. And that was the week it came out. Like, I haven't heard it since. Fake Happy, never heard it on the radio. Rose Colored Board, probably never going to hear it on the radio. Told You So, never played on the radio. Someone told me they heard it. I doubt that. It's just like, Ain't It Fun and Still Into You were heavy hitters on the radio. I still hear them on the radio. They still play on the blend. Go fucking figure. Something other than Ed Sheeran plays on the blend. Um, But 
I love After Laughter and I think it deserves everything in the world, but also it's such a great and important record that it didn't need a Grammy to be important. And like Pat was saying that before, you know, you don't need validation from the Academy. Like I even said it at dinner. I, I, I care more about the Oscars than I care about the Grammys because I feel like the Oscars, it's, we were saying it before, like the Oscars are harder to get. Like it's harder to win an Oscar than it is to win a Grammy because there's so much involved in a movie. Like think about the hundreds of maybe even thousands of people on one movie, whereas like an album maybe has a hundred people total, maybe if it's a huge production. And it's like, I know it sucks because I'm a huge music person. I love music, but I don't care as much about the Grammys as I do about like the Oscars. And I'm not a big award show person as it is, but I'm going to pay attention to the Oscars because I watched a lot of the movies. And also, like I said, I have movie pass now, so I'm interested in seeing most of the movies. So we're definitely going to touch on that in a couple of minutes because uh, I actually asked you guys if you wanted to hear anything about movies since Pat is a big movie person and I've been seeing a lot of movies in the past couple of months. So we're going to talk about the Oscars. Um, we're we're kind of done with the Grammys. I, I don't have anything else to say. I'm just yeah, I'm just upset. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of whatever. What do you... Uh, what yeah. are you gonna do? I was just say I probably won't watch them next year. <laughs> we probably will just for fun. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna take a break for a second because I'm gonna play you guys the first song of the episode, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about the Oscars and we're gonna touch on a little bit of movie stuff. The first song I have for you guys today is by a artist named Torres, who is actually a huge uh, favorite of all my friends that live across in the UK and everywhere else. I've never heard of her prior to everyone else that doesn't live in America has brought her to my attention. Pat didn't even know who she was, which is crazy because he knows literally every obscure type of band and artist that I've never even heard of. Usually. Usually. But um, I started listening to her music and her voice is so much deeper than I anticipated. She looks so ethereal and just so she kind of looks like Lynn Gunn of Paris, but kind of just a little different but her voice is so low and deep and I just I love it I really do I think it's super cool she identifies as gender queer and she's just you guys just have to listen to her she's not like anybody else the song I have for you guys is called bad baby pie and it's from her 2017 album three futures so here is Taurus Served a silver table to outrun the Florida June. I heard you reserved a silver table where you planned to cut. Sleepless night I'll 
melted water Fed your heels into the grooves I was still undercooked and you Could hardly feed yourself Was it the cutlery? Oh, your first look at me So again, that was the song Bad Baby Pie from Torres from her 2017 album, Three Futures. So we're going to be talking about the Oscar nominations. The Oscars have not been on yet, obviously. So we're just going to talk about the nominations. We're not really going to talk about the winners because we don't know the winners yet. But I know Pat and I were talking about a lot of the movies that were nominated. So uh, for Best Picture, we have Call Me By Your Name. And I saw it yesterday and it was so good. Pat read the book and he loved the book. The book was absolutely incredible. If any of you guys have read it, I'm sure you agree. It's just a beautiful, romantic, erotic adventure. It's it's so erotic. I (laughs) I love it. You want to read erotic erotic books? Yeah. Fuck Fifty Shades of Grey. Read. Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) 
But yeah, all right. It's because so the stra- it's because the straights ruin everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. So we have Call Me by Your Name, which I saw. Pat read. We were both big fans. Darkest Hour, I didn't see. Uh, Dunkirk, I did see. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I'm not a war movie kind of person, but Harry Styles definitely impressed me. He was pretty good in it. I hear good things. <laughs> good things. Um, Get Out. We have to talk about Get Out because... Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. Okay. So I saw Get Out very late. Like Pat saw it two days after it came out. Yeah, I saw it two days after it released into theaters. So I was on top of it. I saw it like three months ago. I was waiting months for that movie to come out. <laughs> I was keeping track of it for like three months. It was so interesting looking. But all right. Yeah. We so- saw... I saw it on Fire Stick. Mm-hmm. Um. Here's the thing. I didn't hear hype about it. I just heard that it was um, that it was a great movie and this, that, and the other thing. And I saw it, and it was just so strange. It was so strange to me, and like I didn't understand it, and it makes me sad because everybody loves this movie, and it's apparently groundbreaking, and it I is so sad. So I, you know, like Sam was saying before, I've always been into film, and Oscar season is my favorite season other than summer. But so when I, you know, I always assume I'm like, you know, a horror movie won't get nominated for an Oscar, let alone a movie about that's a racial it's it's a social commentary on racism in America, especially. So I was like, there is absolutely no way this is going to get nominated because let's be real. The Oscars are equal equally as white as any other award show. So when I saw that Get Out was nominated for not only Best Picture, but for best actor for Daniel Kaluuya, first, what a great job he did in the movie. I agree. Even though I didn't really yeah. love the movie, I agree. Incredible actor, incredible breakout performance. Um, I think m- only most people, like, y- you probably won't recognize him in the film, but he was only in, um, I mean, I'm sure he was popular in the UK, but he's only in an episode of Black Mirror, which is where, what, where people mostly know him from, from, uh, I think it's like, 10 million credits or something like that What season is that it's the first season second episode or third episode i think but yeah so i was very happy to see that he was nominated because he deserves it the whole film deserves it incredible groundbreaking amazing terrifying heartbreaking funny i i can't oh my god i cannot recommend get out enough <laughs> really i i think it personally i think it lived up to the hype and then some it's so crazy we both have vastly different opinions on it i don't hate the movie i just the way that pat talks about it is not how i felt about it oh it's just it sucks because it is a groundbreaking movie and i'm super glad that it's getting recognition again in an all in a sea of white Mm-hmm. basically a white out category essentially like yeah we have call me by your name and lady bird you know lgbtq films and the shape of water you know a deaf girl falling in love with a fish oh <laughs> well, she's mute but <laughs> i thought she was deaf no she just can't speak but she definitely falls in love with a fish <laughs> <laughs> so i mean like we have some diversity here to say the least um but yeah we i see get out see if you if you don't if you've never seen the movie see if you're more on Pat's team or my team because I'm apparently the only person in the world that doesn't think this movie is like amazing. So yeah. my mom's didn't like it that much, but she texted for most of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, did you see Lady Bird? I don't remember if you saw Lady I Bird. I did. I 
I really liked Lady Bird. You know, to me, was it the um, I you know it broke a record on Rotten Tomatoes. It was the only movie to have a hundred percent with the amount of critics that it had. The record was actually broken about a week ago by Paddington too. Oh my gosh! So how about Stop. that for 2018? <laughs> That's where we're going. First, I didn't see the first one. You know, I saw a little bit of it, but I had a lot of tequila, so I fell asleep. Um. But yeah, so Lady Bird, you know, very interesting coming of age movie, kind of reminiscent of The Edge of Seventeen with Haley Steinfeld. Okay. But Lady Bird is definitely like a little bit more stylized, quir- definitely quirky. I mean, Greta Gerwig is like the queen of quirky now. I mean, the the poster alone just screams quirky. It is. It's a very quirky movie, but it's very, very relatable, which is, I think, why people like it so much. Because you watch that movie and that is... That is you and your mom. That is you and your friend. And that is you losing your virginity. And it's a, it's a really, it's a great movie. Very fun, much funnier than I thought it would be. Really? Yeah. Like, I didn't know it was supposed to be that funny. Oh yeah. Some border, like some parts were hilarious. And Sir Sharonin, like a vision. She is that girl. She, she's been places and she's going more places. <laughs> she is just incredible. Is wait, am I losing it? Is Lady Bird an LGBTQ film? It is. It somewhat is. Um, I if we're, uh, it's not really a spoiler, but there is a character in the film that Lady Bird, the main character, is associated with, who does struggle with his um, sexuality, and it does it in such a way that it's very. Um, I don't know. It does it. It handles it very well. You know, it's not some crazy melodramatic. It is. It's definitely dramatic, but it's not. It's not like you've ever seen it before. It's more like showing the fear of coming out to a best friend or the people who are there for you when you come out. And I think that's what was really beautiful about it. And that's why you can kind of consider it LGBT. I just didn't want. I just didn't want to say that it. It was and. I was wrong because I'm I'm looking at it and I'm reading these articles mm-hmm. and I'm like, was it an LGBTQ movie? Am I losing my mind? Because I thought it was, but not not entirely. But there are parts to it. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't uh, yeah. misspeaking. <laughs> but the thing it does have in common with "Call Me by Your Name" is Timothy Chalamet, who is like the it boy. <laughs> for, he was so good. He was in th- yeah. He's in like three movies, and two of them are nominated for Oscars. These are like his <laughs> first three movies ever. He was. I fell in love with him in "Call Me by Your Name." I love. I, I, I want to date him. Like he's adorable. His character, <sighs> yeah. not not him in real life. I don't know anything about him in real life, but his character. He was like just he's a, so. He's a cutie. He was just like so adorable and like, I don't. I I just really liked him. Yeah, definitely another him and Sir Ronan are definitely like two to watch. I think. So definitely. Yeah. I was a fan. Pat hasn't seen Call Me By Your Name yet because it's playing only two showings a day at one theater where we live. It's 40 minutes away from me. Listen, a small price to pay. The the amount of hoops I had to jump through to see that fucking movie. Yeah. Again, if you guys follow me on Twitter, you know the hoops that I've been trying to jump through to see this fucking movie. Well, it but better, it's worth it. Yeah, as long as it's worth it, I'm fine. You guys should um, follow me on Letterboxd because I write a lot of really good reviews like my one for bring it on Two, where i said why does this movie exist mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway <laughs> bring it on don't even talk to me about bring it on Two. it was a disgrace kirsten dunce deserves better gabrielle <laughs> union deserves better <laughs> okay. 
I did not leave the south side for this. Kirsten Dunst is rolling in her grave. Seriously. She's not dead. She's not dead, but she's rolling in some grave. Do you um, want to talk about actresses for oh, a I, second? Oh, I do want to talk about actresses. Do you okay. want to talk about actresses? I would love to. Okay. The Shape of Water was also nominated for Best Picture, by the way, guys. Anyway, go on about Best Actress. Well, yeah, I think um, everyone, you know, it's very, it's going to be really, really tight this year. I'm it's- excited about, I'm more excited about these nominations. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't care if any of these movies won as opposed to those Grammy nominations. Yeah. Like, I'm here for all of these nominees. Absolutely. I think, especially the lead actresses this year, yeah. Sally Hawkins, incredible. She made me cry and she didn't even say a word. Um, Frances McDormand, I didn't see three billboards outside of Missouri. Yeah, but she, I mean, she's like a powerhouse. She's been around forever. Ever like, if you ever seen Fargo, you would know. You just know. You just know. <laughs> and then Margot Robbie with her first <sighs> nomination. Finally, it's about time. Oh, she. I think yeah, she's becoming like a very a great character actor. Um, she's not typecasted which we were saying before neither of us have seen i Tonya yet mm-hmm. i'm gonna try and get to it tomorrow if i can but she's all around like a great actress well i think that's the thing i think they tried typecasting her for a second by giving her these oh what a beautiful blonde woman you know yeah. so they gave her that shitty movie with will smith that nobody saw i think it was called focus focus yes i, I was like no one was focusing on it <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> upset about that movie <laughs> i never saw it but like i i, I, I hate it. it so they they try to give her that they try to give her like i don't know like this rich white woman persona like in wolf of wall street she was like the duchess yeah like that was kind of like, like her pr- typecast yeah like the, the duchess the duchess the pretty the pretty bitch yeah the pretty bitch yeah, yeah but wolf of wall street oh i don't know how you feel about the movie but it was like one of my favorite movies I, d- I did what a roller coaster that movie i love that it's okay. a fun movie to watch what they called the cerebral palsy phase <laughs> i don't know how that didn't that that should have been leo's oscar win i think that yeah i agree I that think was incredible wolf of wall street that his I think his that was acting, his best movie. Yeah, I think he deserves it more for Wolf of Wall Street than The Revenant. But Talk I guess he was Revenant. just under, he was up against less competition for The Revenant. It's true. Well, I don't know who was in that category for The Revenant. But let me tell you about The Revenant before Pat goes back on with his lead actresses nominations. The Revenant pisses me off because I won, sat through that movie for almost three fucking hours to just watch Leonardo DiCaprio fall off a cliff multiple times and say, my son, my <laughs> my son and he this motherfucker wins his first oscar for that movie like i can do that tom hardy did more and he didn't do anything in that movie okay he was nominated too what a man what what a man yo i asked pat if he got nominated for bronson and he didn't no and it's a shame you know what the oscar is just that was that was robbery yeah Bronson was the most incredible movie that Tom Hardy has ever made. Well, that was also I, Nicholas Winding Ref's first film, I think. The really? Guy, yeah, the guy who made Drive. And Go out the strong. Neon, the Neon Demon. I think that's, yeah, it's like his first movie. Well, those are three great films. They are. I, I, I The Neon Demon's a guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> it's so bad, but I can't stop watching. Uh. <laughs> it's like- <laughs> oh, my God. I can't, I can't think of the movie off the top of my head, but I had a movie for that that phrase that you just said <laughs> but yeah so i have beef with the revenant and i have beef with the fact that that was leo's first oscar win when wolf of wall street exists Ugh. yeah go on no. about lead actresses 
All right. <laughs> so back to lead actresses. So we got, yeah, we got Mar- Margot Robbie portraying Tanya Harding, which is like, I feel like nobody, nobody saw that because we had two, we had two great actresses re- representing two incredible moments in sports history this year. We had Emma Stone in Battle of the Sexes playing mm-hmm. Billie Jean King, which by the way, fantastic movie as well. Emma Stone, again, love her. You know, Oscar winner already. We know that. Can she play me in a movie? That's all she, I want. She could play anybody. She could play a rock. <laughs> She's incredible. The rock. Just put some googly eyes on it. <laughs> um, but so, yeah. All right. So we have Margot Robbie, like very um, big turn for her. I, I, um, I never would have saw that. Yeah. I never would have seen that. Well, I think everyone caught a glimpse of it when, you know, Suicide Squad, the biggest bomb of the year. Um, people, you know, you kind of saw that with her Har- Harley Quinn. Like, she's got acting chops. Like For sure. She carried an entire movie by yeah. herself. Like, it's hard to do. That movie was shitty, but she wasn't. She was really good in it. She was the only reason why anybody went. That's the yeah. reason why I went. I still haven't seen it, but I Nobody watched Nobody went YouTube for Jared Little. Yeah. <laughs> but, That's for sure. But yeah, so we got so that's exciting. I still have yet to see I Tanya. Um, Sir Sharonin, Ladybird, you know, I it's it's gonna be very tight this year. It's definitely I think it's gonna be come down between Sersha, Margot, and uh, Sally. But and then they they threw Meryl in there because, you know, anytime Yeah, anytime she's in a movie she gets nominated. So she's just kind of a placeholder, but Well well but you know, we love I mean, Meryl. Yeah, Meryl, like what she can, deserves it. What more can you say that hasn't been said? <laughs> She's <laughs> well, incredible. We went. We were out to dinner, and we were talking about we were talking about the the Oscar nominees and everything. We were talking about movies, and this old couple in front of us goes, "Hey, you're talking about movies? <laughs> we saw this great movie. You ever hear the movie The Post? <laughs> it was so it was it was really good. But the beginning, my wife was falling asleep, <laughs> and we're like, oh, that sounds incredible." Mm can't yes. wait to see that Be- one best movie review i've heard in years <laughs> we're like all right thanks and then he's like uh what was he talking about vietnam was that movie said he was vietnam? talking about yeah he's talking about how you live through vietnam and we're like yeah we know like i'm sorry <laughs> like like i'm yes i'm sorry you had to go through that but just understand that i am not 30 30 <laughs> years old yet like sorry um what i do want to say a couple things about is the director category this year is it's kind of it's very different from other years oh yeah for sure yeah you have Greta Gerwig the only female nominated and you have Jordan Peele these both of these people this is their first movie they've ever made and they're both of these first film ever made both of them went from I mean uh, Jordan Peele you know from Key and Peele he wrote and acted I'm sure he directed some episodes as well. Greta Gerwig, she's in Frances Ha, and she stars in it. But these are people who observed through acting, and then went on to make these incredible films. And it's like that's a mile. That's like a milestone in itself. You know, do you be nominated? Yeah, even if they don't win. Exactly. Although I do think that Get Out is going to take it. I really uh, do. Th- I really do think that Ghetto is going to take it. I don't know why Dunkirk was nominated. I think it's just because it's Christopher Nolan. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I'm not into war movies, so maybe I'm biased, but it was okay. I think Jordan Peele's directing job on Get Out is impeccable. I think that he, if he for doesn't, for first win- movie, yeah, if he doesn't win it, then 
all hope is lost. Yeah, something's up, but also these are all great directors. Well, I was about to say, like, I mean, look at the shape of water. The shape of water was so yeah, beautifully shot that it's, it's like, so beautiful. how how do you not give that even uh, yeah. any credit? What was I going to, there was something that I wanted to bring up. Oh, I wanted to talk about all the money in the world. Pat didn't even know this movie existed. Uh, yeah, what is it? <laughs> so my boyfriend wanted to see this movie. And since we have movie pass, I said, why the fuck not? So we brought uh, my two friends my friend Chad from work and his fiance David, we we all went to the movies. Mind you, I haven't sat in a regular movie chair in like three years because I have recliner chairs at the movie theaters all near me now. So going to this one theater that had regular movie chairs made me just want to... It was just awful. Anyway, so we saw All the Money in the World. I didn't know what it was about. My boyfriend told me it was kind of like Gone Girl. So I was like, oh, cool. So anyway... So we go and see this movie, and it's not really like Gone Girl. It's just a bunch of Mark Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberging all over the place, and Michelle oh. Williams just, you know, doing her thing. I do love her, though. I do love Michelle Williams. I really do. But, yeah. like, the movie was just super boring. It's uh, it's basically the true story about um, the Gettys or this um, the gentleman who I the first name escapes me, but... Um, getty oil and how he became the richest man in the world he has all the money in the world and he was a cheap son of a bitch and the interesting thing about this movie is that kevin spacey was supposed to play mr getty and he was recasted by christopher Plummer at the very last minute because of the sexual allegations against kevin spacey that's where i heard this movie that's why yeah mind you i seeing the movie kevin spacey did not fit that role because He's supposed to be an older gentleman. He's supposed to be like a grandfather. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Spacey, I, I don't know how old Kevin Spacey is, but he doesn't A, look that old, and B, he's not the age of somebody's grandfather. Like, he might be a grandfather in real life, but he does not look like he's like 70, 80 years old. He's definitely a lot younger than that. If anything, he's in his 60s. So I think that that was a weird choice to begin with to even have Kevin Spacey as Mr. Getty. Again, I don't remember his name. The first name escapes me, but it doesn't really matter, I guess. Um... So Christopher Plummer literally shot his scenes in like two weeks and there was a big discrepancy because uh, everybody offered to do it for free and Mark Wahlberg got paid a million dollars while Michelle Williams got like, oh, yeah, yes, she yeah. got like a hundred thousand. She got something wow. super low. She got How like, ironic. She got like 10,000 or something. Then Mark Wahlberg's like, oh, I'm going to give it away or something like who fuck cares? You. Fuck you, Mark who Wahlberg. Who cares where you're giving it to? Yeah. It's. Oh my God, are you serious? But it bothers me that Mark Wahlberg was even in it and he got that much money because he literally could have been replaced by anybody. Like, you could Mark have done Wahlberg that. is the most replaceable person on this planet. You can find any. Uh, you can find a Wa- Mark Wahlberg. You can Wahlberg. go to any gym in Boston and find Wa- Ma- a Mark Wahlberg, you know? Like, it's. That's, you know, I can't believe this is. And people are wondering why this Me Too is important. This Me Too movement is important on so many levels. It's because of things like this. It's because of assault. It's because of inequality in the workplace. And that's why there's so much attention being brought to it. I cannot... How are you going to pay? $1.5 million he got for the reshoot. Oh. Michelle Williams got paid less than $1,000. Yeah. So that's that's where I'm at with that. That's why all the money in the world pisses me off. But, well, also, it, it was a reshoot. Did she initially get... I'm not... I don't. I don't know. She was paid eighty dollars per diem, totaling less than a thousand dollars. Because if they were just reshooting like 
they like they all, five minutes of her. They all offered offered to do it for free. And okay. Michelle Williams and Mark Wahlberg, it has been said that they were on screen the same amount of time. Oh, so so the reshoot so the reshoot cost ten million dollars. A fee put up by produ- by producing arm imperative. That's uh, when you get your lawyer involved. The exchange went as followed. The whole reshoot was, in normal terms, was expensive, but not as expensive as expensive as you think because of all of them. Everyone did it for nothing. And then USA Today said, really? And the gentleman said, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't get paid. I refuse to get paid. USA Today said you didn't want you didn't pay the actors more to do it. No, they all came in free. Christopher had to get paid. But Michelle, no, me, no. I wouldn't do that too. The crew, of course, did get paid, of course. Has uh, and then USA Today has since learned Wahlberg's team actually negotiated a hefty fee with the actor being paid 1.5 million for his reshoots. Uh, uh, Williams wasn't told, so like yeah, this was uh, this was shady anyway. It's very shady, and I understand that she was more important than him. I know. <laughs> I under I understand like the repercussions of share because like when you're in any workplace, you know you're not supposed to share salary information with your co-worker or colleague because it can lead to termination but uh no it's legally um acceptable it's actually against the law to prevent your in uh your employer to prevent you from talking about your own wages really i learned that recently yep it's Um. illegal they can't tell you that you can't like if you and i when you and i work together we were allowed to discuss what we made and our manager could not tell us that we were not allowed to and they could fire us over it look it up legal rights but you could still get fired either way right I mean, obviously, yeah. you, you can get fired for anything. Like, please, you can you can get fired for stealing a cup. Yes. Like, we could have got fired for anything at that job. Like, I'm surprised we weren't. Well, that's why I got written up for not we sweeping. Don't work there over anymore. <laughs> I got written up for yeah. not sweeping. Anyway, Either way, yeah, same job, same pay. <sighs> but it's just really shady because it's like he said that he did it for nothing and then negotiated terms and got 1.5 million. Like, if you're all into in it together, like if you and I were. In the, in the same movie, we had a similar amount of screen time. We both said, yeah, let's go in this. Let's reshoot this for two weeks. Let's do it for nothing. You know, fuck Kevin Spacey. And then if you went behind my back and got $1.5 that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's sketchy as hell. Right? And like $1.5 million, guys. This isn't like pocket change. $1.5 Do you have $1.5 million? I don't even have $1,000. Oh, my God. Michelle Williams got more than, you know... <laughs> than we have uh, yeah <laughs> but yeah it's just know, i don't like the shadiness of it yeah. you know like i don't care if they all got paid but like 1.5 million what the fuck at least get like like it's th- that's such a big difference a thousand to 1.5 million if you would have told me like oh yeah he got five thousand she got a thousand like yeah that's the it's the wage gap it's a thing it, it shouldn't be <laughs> it shouldn't be but uh trump's america yeah anyway so that was my little tangent on all the money in the world uh we talked about the directors uh adapted screenplay Ooh, this is good call me by your name the disaster artist logan molly's game and mudbound i've read one of these i read one of them too <laughs> i read the disaster Artist. i read call me by your name <laughs> um here's my thing though like i loved the disaster artist but these james franco allegations just have me so shaken because i haven't really invested the time into them and i know that i should 
but they've been like kind of has yeah they've been so strange like I'd be lying if I said if I said I was surprised because I'm not right I'm not surprised yeah. either but I haven't seen like a claim that's really like stuck like the Kevin Spacey allegations like yeah there was a there was a real sincere mm-hmm. one but the I mean I haven't really looked into the James Franco ones I just saw a couple on Twitter but none of them have really like well what about the thing that everyone seems to be forgetting when James Franco was caught messaging an underage girl on Instagram through d- direct messaging and wanted to fly her out knowing that she was underage and everyone, you know, they talked about it for two weeks and now everyone's suddenly forgot about it. See, I didn't even hear not, about that. It's not the first time. He yeah. sent pictures of himself to her. <laughs> like, okay, so now I feel better knowing that there has been like yeah. some concrete like... There's there's <laughs> a hard evidence that maybe he... Okay, there's not hard evidence right now that he committed any assault, but there's hard evidence that he has a history. Right. And I also read an article is James Franco is widely known as a, a queer baiter. Oh, you know, yeah. he just he's what gay he? for film. Apparently, He's gay for film. He's gay in his art and straight in real life. And people are, are actually looking more into that and being and thinking that this is the way he covers his tracks of like assault. You know, he can do whatever he wants to you on set. That's and he crazy. just, he, he, you know, it's art. It's not. It's work. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up because like I said, not that I yeah. don't believe women that come forward. Like I absolutely do. But I've heard like allegations and then then they disappear like they haven't really like media hasn't covered it and like no one like they've just been like rough like hey james franco remember that one time and then kind of like a 260 character tweet Mm -hmm. and then like you don't hear about it again yeah and it's just like no one's really acted on it and it's just like i i just kind of want somebody to say this happened i i'm not sorry you know i don't know it's just been like super muddy I don't. I, I don't. Di- I don't. I'm not saying I don't believe anybody, but I'm just well, saying, yeah. I don't. It's weird. It's a weird situation. It is. It's a very. It's a touchy situation because all everything is pa- is past. You know, every nothing's. There's no assaults or anything that have happened recently where there's you know you can gather physical evidence from it really, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's you. You know, you got to believe. You got to believe that these people are putting their you know like i don't guess, I guess just, their necks on the line yeah because why why else would you do that i know that there's a lot of people who claim that this a lot of these accusations can stem from extortion or blackmail victims get nothing from yeah but you know, why yeah they're not gaining anything they don't from gain it. anything yeah it's just weird because it's like they'll put out the tweet somebody of course there's always somebody that questions victims because that's the society we live in but like when they get questioned the response is they get kind of muddy. And that's where I get kind of like, well... If they get offended, they're guilty. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like strange because it's like, here's this story that kind of like, you believe them, obviously, because you always believe victims. But then when somebody says, oh, what about this? And then the response just doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's not like you support your own statement. Like say, no, no asshole, this happened. Like, I don't have to explain anything to you. Instead, it's just like kind of... I don't know. Well, the, yeah, that's like people who claim like it, you know, it was part of whatever the production was part of the art, the, like the artistic process. And I'm like, no, art is the product. You know, what goes into the process isn't art. I mean, I guess you can argue that. But if if it's not if it's not consensual in it's in like the process of it, then what makes it 
like I don't what like it's so it's such a stupid stupid like um excuse for people's behavior so yeah it kind of bums me out about the disaster artist I mean I saw it before all the allegations happened so I can't really do anything about it now so I guess it's just one of those things that we'll have to watch for but I don't think I'm going to support James Franco anytime soon I mean the disaster artist was the only thing I really wanted to see that he's done so I'm going to put him on a shelf for right now until things kind of you know come to light I want to see more uh, victims come out and I want to see more about the previous victims so disaster artist was an okay book it was okay anyway moving on Logan which was the x-men movie it it was Hugh Jackman's last role as um Wolverine it was a really good movie I didn't read the book, but it was a really good movie. It I didn't was, see it. It was sad as hell. Really? Sad as hell. Wasn't it kind of like a Western movie almost? Kind of like a Western movie. Ooh, funky. The ending was the most, s- literally di- the saddest thing. I don't want to say anything. I feel like he he dies. <laughs> he dies. <laughs> oh, spoiler alert. Oh, he kind of gets impaled. Oh, jeez. Oh. Wait, maybe, does he? I think he does impale himself. Find out for yourself. Yeah, but watch <laughs> Logan. <laughs> It was a great movie, and it's nominated for adapted screenplay for an Oscar. That's that's impressive, you know. I didn't know that that was nominated. Me neither, not until right now. And I don't think any of the, other than like the Dark Knight trilogy, I don't think any of the comic book movies have been nominated for Oscars. Maybe visual effects, but definitely not screenplays or best picture. I think you're right because I'm thinking back, and I keep thinking of the Dark Knight. But yeah, mm. that's really cool. Good for Hugh Jackman. Good for Logan. Good for Hugh Jackman. Good for Hugh Jackman. The most famous straight gay man. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know how he's in The Greatest Showman. I didn't know he could sing. Because he's gay as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Showtime. (laughs) And then we have Molly's Game, who I loved that movie. I really did. It was so clever. Jessica Chastain did an incredible job. Um, The screenplay was written by... Aaron Sorkin, who also did The Social Network, which is one of mine and Pat's favorite movies. We love the score to that movie. Yeah, the score, The Social Network. What a time to be alive. Oh my God, that was such a good score. Yeah. Didn't we, we had to watch that in school, actually, right? I mean, you were so excited, and was, nobody I, else was excited. Yeah, well, me and Pat, we were talking <laughs> about it. Like, after I saw it, I was like, so I saw the social, social network. He's like, it was so good, right? I was like, oh, my God, finally someone yeah, that understands. It was, a, it was a great movie. Oh, my God. But Justin Timberlake was in it, and you're not a fan of Justin Timberlake. Yeah, but Army Hammer was in it. Army Hammer twice. played, I was about to say, he played twins. Ugh, love me some Army Hammer. <laughs> I uh, I don't want to spoil anything for Pat because he told me not to say anything about Call Me By Your yeah. Name. But I was not a fan of him playing that character. But Pat um, told me about the age and everything. And now it makes sense because I yeah. see it seemed like Oliver, who's Army Hammer's character, mm-hmm. seemed a little older than I was expecting. He's seven years older. Which is what it seems yeah. in the in the movie. So now I'm glad that that kind of makes sense because he seemed way too old for a 17 year old. <laughs> to yeah, be honest yeah, yeah but i mean seven years older yeah it makes yeah, sense yeah he's 24 and Elio's 17 but it doesn't make any sense because i didn't read the book and i was just like how old is this guy yeah. <laughs> how old are you oliver but molly's game was really good a lot of people were not that impressed with it for whatever reason i thought it was great 
I just like watching Jessica Chastain do her thing. I love her in anything. I just like want her to just act for 24 hours a day. Great actress. She's incredible. Very, very she, nice looking face. She was in Interstellar. Oh. Yeah. Interstellar yeah. was an interesting movie. Yeah. Wait, was it? Yeah, it was Interstellar. That's the one with Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, re- they released Gravity, I think, the same year, so everyone got confused. <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> which, one's Sandra Bullock, uh, which one is Sandra Bullock flying through space? Fuck, what was it's the... It's not the blind side. <laughs> what, was, what was the Matt Damon movie? Oh, The Martian? Yes, The Martian. The Martian was an interesting movie. Should have left him up there. <laughs> <laughs> Should have never brought him back. Oh, my God, Matt Damon. Speaking of Matt Damon, Downsizing was not a great movie. <laughs> Yeah. Not a great movie. Okay. I had so I had mediocre expectations for it. It looked kind of interesting, I thought. Okay. That's what we thought. That's mm-hmm. why we wanted to see it because it looked interesting. But my brother told me, because we went with my brother as well. My brother told me that in the trailer, this isn't a spoiler, by the way, in the trailer, Kristen Wiig leaves him and doesn't actually get downsized with him. And yeah. they make it seem like this is pivotal moment in the movie and it's like oh my god is she is she actually gonna stay or is she gonna leave and my brother's like it was in the trailer it was in the trailer but you know i kind of want i like watching kristen wig you know i would i would see the movie just for her she was in it for 15 minutes for a two and a half hour movie oh cool great so i gotta watch a bald a a bald like mini matt damon no thank you here's what my problem with downsizing was it was an interesting concept and and the middle hour of the movie um went nowhere it was like batman versus superman where was oh. where was the plot where was everything going yeah i probably won't ever see it <laughs> <laughs> speaking of movies that i don't recommend you to see mm-hmm. the snowman oh isn't that that like went spectacular <laughs> like that was that went really wrong right <laughs> the director I think it was either the director, the writer, or the producer. I don't remember who it was, but they were like, I really don't want this movie to come out. It's so bad. Oh, my God. Yeah, it had a great cast, too. It got a seven on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, R.I.P. Michael was- Fassbender, how, are you gonna, how will you come back from that? Just make another X-Men movie. He's fine. Just show your wiener in another movie. I loved him. Yeah. But the movie made no sense. Why was he so famous? Why was J.K. Simmons a creep? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen it. <laughs> J.K. Simmons. They, they alluded to J.K. Simmons' character being the bad guy when really he was only in it to just be weird. To stir the pot. There was a, there was a scene where this random girl gets taken by like J.K. Simmons' assistant and she just like he just like undresses her and just like shows her boobs. J.K. Simmons takes a photo and then that's the whole scene. And then you never know what happens to that. It sounds like a scene from The Office with Meredith and Michael Scott at the Christmas party. <laughs> and they may have ripped that off. Yeah. I don't know. But it made no fucking sense. The guy who was the snowman, the motive didn't make sense. If you are looking for plot holes and you want to waste two hours, go see The Snowman. My friend Chad, who also has Movie Pass, who's a huge movie fan, he won't even see it. <laughs> it got a seven on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. guys. I'll wait till like I accidentally see it on TBS in seven years or something. I kind of want you to see it, though, because I want somebody else to suffer. <laughs> I'm okay for now. Thank you. 
I was so upset because it was visually a great movie. But yeah. it was just so plot I mean, I, city. I think this director, like he I'm not sure what he made, but I know he made some good movies before that. And yeah. they, I think they kind of just, you know, some studio intervention kind of really fucked it up for all of them. They they tried to shove ten pounds of shit in like a negative point five bag. <laughs> Seriously. Wow. There was a lot of shit that they wanted to put into a movie that the the director I believe said that they ran out of time. There were so many things that they they wanted to include, but I mean, there was so many like the tit scene, like of JK Simmons taking a picture of that girl's boobs. Why did that need to be in there? Where where was the point in that? Like literally his character had no business being in there and he had a weird accent. It's like Lindsay Lohan accent. <laughs> We love Lindsay Lohan. Oh, I like J.K. Simmons too. I love J.K. Yeah. Simmons. Did you see Whiplash? I haven't. Oh my God, Patrick! Do you even see movies? Are you? I don't know. Do you even do this? I thought Miles Teller and Ansel Elgort were the same person until I saw Baby Driver. Oh my God! Are they not? Ansel Elgort was in The Fault in Our Stars. You uncultured swine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I want to go to, I want to move on to original screenplay because it's got one of my favorite movies of the year in it. And that's the only reason why I wanted to mention this is that The Big Sick mm-hmm. is nominated and I'm super excited about it because I really loved The Big Sick. It had, um, oh shit, what's her name? Who's the girl that was in Ruby Sparks? What's her name? I'm not sure, but I know that The Big Sick was like kind of came out of nowhere and it was a, was an incredible movie like there was no advertising for it really Zoe Kazon Zoe Kazon is her name sorry okay. for interrupting you but that's no, her name Zoe Kazon is in it and she's adorable and she's actually a very great actor she played um Ruby in Ruby Sparks which uh-huh. is a movie with Paul Dano who basically writes his dream girl and uh Zoe Kazon be- uh comes to life and is his dream girl that he wrote up mm-hmm. and it's a great movie i encourage everybody to see it I was told at my last job that I reminded this weird, creepy old man of Ruby, and he used to call me Ruby. So, <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was interesting. But I love the movie despite the creepy um, comparison. Yeah, I hear good things. It was it was good, but the Big Sick was really good. I think you should definitely go see it. I think they put it on Netflix. I'll probably watch it. It had Bo Burnham in it, and he's Bo one of my fa- he's one of my favorite comedians. <laughs> well, because like, it's just like. I I, I think he's funny. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to mention that because the Big Sick was nominated, and I'm actually surprised that it was because I didn't think that it was like o- Oscar worthy. Doesn't mean it wasn't a good movie though. I was I remember I was doing some research into the Big Sick, and I was surprised to learn that the the director of it is actually one of the main characters from Wet Hot American Summer. Oh really? Which I yeah, which I love. It's like, I don't know. There's something about it. It's just so weird. I love it. And <laughs> he's also a character in the show Search Party. Oh. So, yeah, I didn't even know if I didn't even know he directed. But then he put out the big sick and boom, I guess he could do both. Ray Romano was great in it. He played um, Ray Romano's in it. He played the dad. If you can believe that Ray Romano playing a dad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but everybody yeah, everybody loves him. <laughs> I love the big sick though. It was a good movie. I, I just wanted to touch on that. Get Out is also nominated. Lady Bird, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, 
Pat and I collectively have seen four out of the five of these movies between the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, the Shape of Water, Pat keeps telling me, was incredible. I've heard so many mixed things, but I told him, I said, it really depends on like your palette for movies. Yeah, if you're a fan of like fairy tales, especially dark fairy tales, it's a great movie. If you're a fan of Guillermo del Toro at his best, then it's very good. Um, yeah, it's very reminiscent of like Pan's Labyrinth and it's kind of has a dark ending, but that's all right because, <laughs> you know, the ending was interesting for life's what I funny heard. that way. Makeup and hair only has three people nominated. Darkest hour, hour, Victoria and Abdul and wonder. That's strange. And then costume design, costume design. I definitely think the shape of water or beauty and the beast should take. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, you turn somebody into a fish. I yeah. think the shape of water has pretty much got that locked in. Visual effects. I mean, I saw Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and like, I I fell. But how are the effects? That's the thing. Like, it was visually stunning to look at, and they had a lot of great visual moments. But mm. I mean, they're in a category with Guardians of the Galaxy two. Kong, Star Wars, and War of the Planet of the Apes. I definitely think Star Wars should definitely be a strong contender for that, if not Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy, half the people in that movie, well, actually more than half of the main cast, Chris Pratt is the only one that's not altered in any way, shape, or form. I mean, Bradley Cooper's a raccoon. And I know a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy was done on on like a green screen uh, soundstage. I mean, Vin Diesel's a tree. So, <laughs> like, let's be let's be real here. Good for him. Guardians of the Galaxy two, though, I will say, was visually stunning as well. Mm-hmm. Like, it was definitely a good movie to look at to watch. Star Wars, I mean, I feel like is kind of one of those obvious choices because of the lightsabers and that it's in space and all of that. But I don't think for visual effects it was really that, you know, pronounced. Yeah. I think it's just kind of one of those things like, oh, it's a Star Wars movie. Obviously, it's got to have visual effects. It's got to be in the category for an Oscar. Mm -hmm. But I definitely think that the other contenders in here definitely should be considered. Although Star Wars was really good. I mean, all of them have been really good so far. The last three. Um, We got sound editing, Baby Driver, Blade Runner, Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, and Star Wars. Like I said, I loved Baby Driver personally, but... I mean, the music made the movie. Yeah, I actually read that Baby Driver is basically uh, a very long music video. You know what? That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. And that's like not even, that's not even a joke. That's what, like, they said that the movie is basically a musical, just oh. a different type of musical. You know what? I I can see that. Mm-hmm. I really liked. I really liked it. I'm not yeah, a it was fan. Very good. I'm not a fan of all the the songs that they played in it, but I definitely think that the mo- the music made the movie. Yeah. Like without the well, it's a music driven movie because that's his whole thing. He yeah. listens to music while he drives. And you know what? I don't know how he does that with the whole tonight uh, tinnitus thing because I have that, and if anything, it makes me more anxious. So I mean, good for Ansel Elgort, but. That's, I mean, I don't think he has it in real life. I know, but, but I'm just saying in the movie, it doesn't make yeah. a lot of sense to me as somebody that has that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like you get, you hear the ringing, if not like louder. But you just... I just, uh, I love John Hamm, so. Oh, me too. 
He's a whole lot of ham. <laughs> oh my god, Don Draper. What a guy. Donnie. Oh my god, can we talk about for a second that Sally, the um the actress? I can't think of her name off the top of my head. I know I'm gonna butcher Kiernan it. Chipska. There you go. See, I would have butchered the shit out of that. I think that's it. It probably it might not be. <laughs> she um she's been cast as Sabrina Spellman in the new dark version of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Thank God. On Netflix. As soon as I saw the picture that they used of her to like announce it and I was like, that that's yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's that. I'm surprised they didn't use the picture of her from Mad Men when she's driving the car when she's tw- like 12. <laughs> Sally Draper was the most underrated um, feminist icon. Yeah, <laughs> she. We didn't appreciate her when we needed her. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing as um, how I feel about Britney Spears' music now. I look back and I'm like, Britney Spears put out like all these hits about like female empowerment, and that went over my nine year old head. Britney Spears pop music wouldn't be where it is today without Britney Spears. I just, think, yeah, just straight up. Yeah, no, it really wouldn't be. She's like that's a full sta- uh, sentence. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> she, I mean, she's definitely a product of the pop machine and what can go wrong with it. And I think that's why we are seeing a lot more female artists nowadays that kind of break out of the mold in it and like you know write their own songs, kind of um, develop their own style, uh, and kind of promote themselves. I mean, social media helps out a lot as well. But yeah, if you look at Britney, she gave us some good hits, but was she actually giving it to us or were other people giving it to us and she was just singing them? Breaks my heart. Yeah. Well, we were talking about the Britney Spears um, quote unquote mental breakdown of 2007 and how a lot of people don't understand the whole head shave thing and a lot of people just consider it a mental breakdown and, you know, the fall of Britney Spears and like how will she ever recover? But a lot of people don't understand that um, that was her anxiety and her finally fit uh being fed up and she was saying that she was tired of people always telling her what to do and like how she should wear her hair and people kept touching her hair and telling her how to do all these things and she just felt anxious all the time so you know she went to the barbershop she shaved her head and just kind of lost it and you know what the older i get the more i understand that and the more I think I would do the same thing if I was followed by paparazzi 24-7. I, yeah, absolutely. I think that she wasn't really crazy for doing what she need, what she did. You I know? don't think Britney Spears is crazy whatsoever. No, I think she could have done much worse. <laughs> right? I, I, I just, I also believe that, you know, every once in a while we have these public figures that are kind of um, a mirror to our society. I think Britney Spears is one of those. One of those. I don't think I need to tell you who the other one is right now, but he lives in a White House. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, Britney's a product of the times. We're a celebrity-obsessed society, and we kind of ruined this innocent young girl who was taken when she was 16 and forced into the spotlight to sing and dance these songs that she wasn't writing. Like a monkey. Yeah, she was forced to grow up way too fast. And, you know, when she did grow up, we were like, what are you doing? Not like that. Yeah, don't do that. Stop. You're you're innocent. You're a virgin. Yeah, you're do- you're doing that wrong. Like, don't live live <laughs> the way it. we want you to. It's just so sad because Britney Spears has like been such a such an important person for so many people, and I don't think mm-hmm. we give her enough credit. Like, without Britney Spears, we wouldn't have a lot of the artists that we have today, whether they want to credit her or not. Yeah, I mean, and we haven't really found anybody that's 
following in her footsteps. I mean, we've had people like Katy Perry and Taylor Swift and even Miley at some point. And it's just like, I feel like Britney Spears had such a high career for such a long time that nobody mm-hmm. will ever be able to top that or compare. I think Britney Spears is like an inspiration and a warning to a lot of people. Oh yeah. Like this could happen to you. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why a lot of people kind of take steps away from maybe their management or people trying to control what they put out artistically because they look at Britney and they're like, look what happened to her. Right. We're glad yeah. she's still alive. I mean, oh, yeah, absolutely. They pumped her with drugs and Ugh, it's disgusting. All of all of these things. It's like and she's such a such a good unproblematic person. Like I've never seen anything bad about Britney Spears. So if you guys have ever seen anything bad about Britney Spears, no. please email it to me. But I yeah. doubt you'll find anything. She just wants to paint finger paint. Whatever she does. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody has said that they would buy that painting. I would. I think she she auctioned it off, actually. I think it went for like oh, a million or something. I would. That's I understand that. Actually. Lisa Frank realness. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, a lot. Any pop star, I think you ask nowadays, they'll they'll say Britney Spears was an inspiration. I know Charlie XCX, the fir- one of the first people she says that inspires her is Britney Spears, along with like the Spice Girls. She, yeah girl power, she, girl power. She, <laughs> changed, she changed the pop landscape charlie xcx is another an, another spice girl yeah she really is she she, she would be greasy spice <laughs> <laughs> she missed the spice girls by like a solid 20 years too bad it's fine yeah i love charlie we'll do a charlie xcx episode one day in the future if i um if i can get down all my thoughts about true romance i promise it'll happen <laughs> i don't know if you guys even know about true romance um charlie xcx opened for paramore i think on a uk leg of a tour and everybody booed her and i'm still mad about it (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i'm still pretty upset about it because charlie xcx is an incredible artist who has a hand in literally everything that she does and i don't think that it was appreciated and it's like how are you gonna do that to someone and also coming from charlie xcx to this day is probably one of the best shows i've ever been to that girl is a powerhouse of energy she nobody knows how to work a crowd like she does and that's like disappointing to hear because i love her (laughs) right and it's just like super disappointing especially paramore fans it's like uh, here's another female up on stage killing it and charlie xcx has an incredible voice i don't know if you guys listening know about her if ever heard of her outside of that song that she did with iggy azalea oh no she didn't do that song with iggy azalea i'm thinking about ariana grande sorry she did fancy she did do fancy Oh my God! I was thinking of that other song. Isn't there another song? Yes, it's um. Oh, fuck. Problem. Problem. I was thinking of problem, but yes, fancy exists, and um, I love I love it. Mm-hmm. So outside of that, Charlie XCX has an incredible voice. She has an incredible vocal range, and she puts out a lot of great music. So it just bummed me out that Paramore fans would do that to her, and I'm forever gonna be salty about it because I am a big fan of Charlie XCX. Yes. Also, do everyone do yourself a favor. Charlie is one of those people who are is kind of being uh, oppressed by her management. They won't let her release her album, so she releases mixtapes. Go check out Pop 2, her new mixtape, because that shit is crazy good. <laughs> Talk about a legend she got. She got Carly Rae Jepsen on it. She has uh, Cupcake. She got Cupcake on the track. I heard about that. Ooh, Toblo. 
She got Tovlo? Yeah, she has everybody. She Love has Pablo Vitar, the drag queen singing sensation from Brazil that nobody in America knows about. I'm serious. He, he has over like 5 million followers. <laughs> but yeah, do yourself a favor and check it out because I've been listening to it nonstop for the past month. We've been sleeping on it. Everybody's been sleeping on Charlie XCX. And you know what? When that girl finally is able to release her music, you guys are going to re- wake up. You're going to rue the day that you ever booed her. Rue the day. Right. So <laughs> I think we we've covered like several different topics here, but I'm glad we did because mm-hmm. there's a there's been a lot that's been going on since me and Pat have hung out, and I think that you guys should be you know educated on all sorts of things, not just music. You guys are always wondering what we're up to in our in our spare time. <laughs> yeah, right. I get asked all the time, what do you do? This is this is what I do. I, I research irrelevant information that nobody's ever going to care about. I mean, do you I guys care. care about the snowman? Do you care about the snowman? Not yet, <laughs> but I will maybe. Pat's going to see the snowman because I'm going to bully him every single day until he finally does because I need somebody else to suffer. Shall I talk about Callie Uchis for a second? Please do. Okie doke. So I've been following this girl for a while. While Her name is Callie with a K. And her last name is Uchis. It's U-C-H-I-S. And this is a girl who, again, has a hand in everything that she does. You know, she started off as a visual artist, directing videos for other people. And then she was like, you know what? I want to make my own videos. And she goes, I don't have any music. So she goes... I'm going to write my own music and then I'm going to make videos for them. And let me tell you, these videos are incredible. The aesthetic, everything, you know, vintage, 60s, aesthetic, fun, sexy, cool. Music is very good. Music reminds me of Amy Winehouse, actually. Rest in peace. R.I.P. And she's actually opening for Lana Del Rey on her L.A. to the Moon tour right now. Unfortunately, I missed her, but... If you guys, or if any of you are going to that tour, you know, don't give her a shot because you won't be disappointed. Just remember, your favorite artist was once an opening band. True. (laughs) So if I understand like a lot of circumstances come up where people can't see the opening band or they they just make the main event. But if you guys have the time and you um, can get to the show when the opening band starts, definitely look listen to them because you never know your favorite band might be opening up for that main event there's mm-hmm. so many artists that are in bands that i have discovered because i saw i saw them play first like foxing hop along gouge away like there's so many bands that i love now that i never would have gotten into if i didn't see them when they opened up for my favorite bands yeah absolutely so definitely um don't sleep on artists that you don't know just because you feel that oh yeah i could sit home for another hour i don't have to see that band who cares about that band because you never know they might blow up and then you're gonna kick yourself kind of like how um all those times that i didn't go to shows when i was 12 and i've missed every single one of my favorite bands play and a venue that i had my sweet 16 out (laughs) (laughs) but who's salty not me clearly so i guess that wraps up everything for today um me and I don't want to promise that Pat will be back anytime soon, but he'll be back at some point. I'll be back eventually. <laughs> he'll be back at, you know, a later date. And um, we're definitely going to talk more about the Oscars. Probably we're going to talk about movies. Um, 
I, I definitely want to expand the podcast to as much media as possible. Me and Pat together can talk about movies all day long. Music is always growing and changing. I'm sure there'll be plenty of things to talk about in the future, especially as more things happen. And uh, I really want to see what happens with um, new music that's coming out this year. And also, um, as I said before, me and Pat, we're looking into doing a little a couple of more review episodes. I definitely want to touch on Charlie XCX because he loves true romance. I love true romance, true romance. I own it on vinyl. It's a really great record. And we were talking about other records that we wanted to review because it's, it's always good to have mine and his opinion because sometimes they differ and sometimes they're fun. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to tell you guys where you can find me. I have a website up now, which is um, as of right now is, is up, but I'm still working on it. My friend Illyria is the greatest person on the planet and she has been making me art almost every day of her life for the last couple of days. She's been doing art for the website and I really want you guys to check it out and check her out. She is amazing. She's fantastic and I just love her so much. So that's um, rebelheartspodcast.com. The Big Cartel site where you guys can get merch is rebelheartspodcast.bigcartel.com. Twitter is rebelheartsgirl where I've been tweeting a lot about my feelings about the Grammys and just other things that have just made me mad over the last week. And also my triumphant uh, viewing of Call Me By Call Me By Your Name, which was awesome. Um, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebelheartspodcast and email me at rebelheartspodcast at gmail.com. And Instagram is Sam is Socks. I know I was forgetting his social media. <laughs> I always want to thank my friend Patrick for not only being my friend, but coming on to talk about pretty much anything that comes out of his brain. <laughs> Talking about the hot goss. What's the 411? <laughs> Spilling the tea with Patty. Slippery when wet. Oh! oh. Thanks for having me. Oh, always always and forever love being here <laughs> pat will be back at some point i can't tell you when because we don't even know when <laughs> but yeah so stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned so as uh pat was saying before i'm actually going to play you guys a song by cali uchis the song is called loner from her 2015 uh album sorry i was going to say ep but it's actually an album 2015 album called poor vita and yeah you guys enjoy that. I will see you at the front. Here is Cali Uchis. I don't want to be a cigarette. I don't want to be an ashtray. I don't want to be a doormat. Don't want to be ignored. Maybe it's not deliberate And I know you never asked me I just gotta put it out there I don't put myself out there Usually I stay tucked away Yeah.
Be alone. 